The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host, who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power. And now, here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there, and welcome to today's show. Today's show is all about love, but how do you know if you're in the right relationship and why is it that so many people end up in a relationship which is anything but loving? After the break, I'm going to be joined by an expert and her name is Sherry Gabber. She and I are going to really explore the whole issue around love addiction, codependency, and you know whether you've become obsessed in your relationship. But I want to spend the first part of today's show talking about the relationship you have with you. You know, I've worked with many, many people and it's really common, in fact, it's very unusual for it not to be the case, that the, pe- the relationship that people have with themselves is at times not loving at all and at other times downright destructive. It's my belief that the relationship that you have with yourself is reflected in the relationship you have with other people. So how do you treat yourself? How does that voice in your head go on? It's a theme we've visited many, many times on this show, and I make no apology for that, because ultimately, how you are in your relationship with yourself is so important, because you are with you every moment of every day. As I've said so many times you're the common denominator that you take into your life and the patterns of your thinking your emotions your language and your behaviors tend to be habitual and if those habits are positive then that's great but if you are locked into habitual thoughts and beliefs and behaviors which are unkind and unloving to yourself and others well that's a really challenging life that you're going to lead So I want you to think about how you turn up on a moment-by-moment basis um, in your own life. What are the sort of conversations that you have with yourself when nobody else is there? That conversation that's going round and round in your head, is it empowering or is it always telling you what you should or shouldn't have done? How awful you are? What a stupid thing uh, you've done? How you know, you're not worthy, that you're too tall, too short, too fat, too too, uh, too uh, poor, too anything to be able to live your best life because you are the place where you need to start. It's why this, this show is called Leadership for Life because no matter what context you find yourself in, you are the leader of your own life unless you hand that responsibility over to somebody else. And so how are you leading 
your life? Are you caring for yourself? Do you treat yourself as you would a valued friend? Because many people don't. You know, I was talking to somebody just this week, and from the outside, they had everything going for them. They were gorgeous. They were talented. They were successful in terms of their professional life. But as soon as you scratch the surface, they didn't like themselves. They didn't see themselves as other people saw them. They had a, a very skewed view of how they looked and how they operated. They were riddled with anxiety about imposter syndrome. You know, I'm good at my job, but that's only because they haven't found out actually that I don't know what I'm doing. And that was coloring their whole life. Instead of being able to celebrate who they were and enjoy the fact that they actually had a pretty good life, their life was completely taken up by that feeling of not being good enough, of believing that somebody was going to find them out and they were then going to point the finger and said, I told you you were no good. Because ultimately they were their worst critic. If you watch some of these other shows, you'll know that one of my clients, in fact, she doesn't need me anymore, which is wonderful because I always look to create a, an independent model and to help people work without me as quickly as possible. She was the one who, when talking about that voice in your head that goes on and on and on, referred to it as her parrot. And I said to her, what do you do with a parrot when it's making a lot of noise in its cage? And I'd like to see them all free. You can't actually use this technique if the parrot's free, but you certainly can if they're in a cage. And she said, well, you put a cover over the, uh, over the cage. And she thought about it for a moment. She said, you know what? I think I'll shoot the blue parrot. And she recognized that that was in her power if she chose to do it. You know, ultimately, it was down to her what sort of relationship she had with her. So do you look after yourself? Do you feed yourself well? Or do you feed yourself on rubbish? Do you take enough exercise and look after the body that you have? Do you fill up your battery before you spend all of the time sorting other people out? And how do you fill up your battery? What is it that makes you feel alive and great? Do you find yourself saying yes to everybody because you don't want to upset them? Do you find yourself always handing over your responsibility of your happiness to other people and finding that actually that if your mood's dependent upon them and they're in a bad mood that, that you are having a bad day. I was talking to Pam who um, is my house angel, she's my cleaner and she's become a good friend and she's in a very challenging situation with her husband who's going through a really difficult time when we first started talking about it, she said, I'm on pins all the time. How will he turn up when he walks through the door? And ultimately, I said to her, well, you know, you do have a choice. I understand it's tricky. I understand it's difficult. But ultimately, it's his mood. Let him keep his mood. And whilst you want to support him and be kind and loving to him, you're being miserable because he's miserable does nothing to help you. In fact, the chances are that your responses to him 
um, will be less than loving and therefore make things worse. So think about the relationship you have with yourself. And in a few moments, we're going to be talking about the relationship you have with other people. And I want you to recognize how you turn up moment by moment is something which you have power over. And it may feel daunting and it may feel difficult and at times downright impossible. But the reality is that there is help out there. People like my guest, Sherry Gabbard, who can help you if you are in a toxic relationship, who can help you stand up to uh, what's going on. So we're going to go for a break. But before I do, I want to remind you about B1 G1, Buy One, Give One. We're proud members of Buy One, um, Give One. And every time our, well, we have a guest, we invite them to uh, choose one of our projects. But every time you comment or you ask a question, either in the live show or uh, you email me with a comment from uh, the recording, then we donate on your behalf. Normally, I ask you to put in whether you want it to be around food or uh, education or health or the environment. But on this occasion, for every contribution and every time you share the, pro the program and it gets downloaded, we are going to donate through B1G1 um, to the uh, relief aid in Yugoslavia. So please do share the program. Every 100 downloads, we will make a donation. We're going to go to a short break now. And when we come back, I am going to introduce Sherry Gabber. And I know we're going to have a great conversation. See you in a moment. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Top 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for a Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-you.com. 
Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and welcome back. I'd like to introduce Sherry Gabber to you. I'm very excited to have her on the show. She's a licensed psychotherapist and life coach who helps people cope with codependency, love addiction, toxic relationships, and mental health issues. Sherry's a single mother, and once her daughter was old enough, she returned to school to receive a Master of Social Work from the University of Southern California. As a leading expert on addiction and recovery, Sherry's TV appearances include VH1 Celebrity Rehab, CNN, Inside Edition, The Robert Irvin Show and Access Live, and E! News. She hosts her own podcast called Love Fix. She is the author of Love Smacked, in which she addresses relationship addiction and codependency, and is a contributing writer to the book Chicken Soup for the song, Tough Times, Tough People. So without more ado, let me welcome to the show, Sherry Gabba. Hi, Gina. Nice to be here. And thank you for having me and all the wonderful things you're doing in the world. Oh, thank you very much. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Before we get started in the body of the um, of the uh, the interview, I'd love you to share a bit of your journey and how you come to this place um, in your life. Well, as you read in my bio, I started out working in addiction. I was married to an alcoholic, and that is the journey where it began. Uh, what happened is I realized that my focus really was becoming all about all encompassing about this person I was married to, changing him him, getting him sober, putting him in the reading, and it became really an obsession. And I realized, you know, I need to start talking about what's really happening, and that is that many people like myself at the time struggle from codependency and love addiction. We give up ourselves, we lose ourselves, and my mission in life isn't to make people feel shameful about this or shameful that they've loved someone or been obsessed with someone because there are reasons for it, and often it comes from early trauma. So what I what happened was I kind of morphed my career into from addiction to love addiction and codependency, which was my issue. And I saw it with countless others that I worked with. So um, that's kind of how it it, it it kind of morphed into a, a new a new a new awakening for myself. And then suddenly for um, I guess you'd say what I wanted to share with the world. Isn't it interesting how often a trauma a challenge in our own lives, then leads us to have a purpose, which is to help other people who are going through similar situations and how, you know, that experience is in many ways, however awful, is such a gift in the sense that we can give out into the world. And especially when you're a professional in the field, when you're a therapist, a licensed therapist like myself. In other words, when I come clean who I am, and the work that I've done, where I am today, I think it's a great role model. I know a lot of healers don't like to show that side. They don't want to show their shadow side. They don't want to show the dark side. But I think it's absolutely um, beneficial to anybody that hears that somebody who actually is in the world helping others have, you know, they're not, we're not perfect. We're human. You know, we're all just human doing the best we can. So yes, I think it's a, an amazing thing to be able to get to the other side and to show people you can get to the other side. I agree with you. I think it is part of our credibility and our authenticity, yes. which for me is so important that, you know, people can, um, it's so easy, isn't it, to say it's all right for you, you've got it all sorted. But when people recognize that actually you've been on a journey 
that has similarities to theirs, then it, I think it can inspire people to think, well, if she can do it, then maybe I can too. And, you know, to know, again, and like I said earlier, no shame or blame. There are reasons that yeah. we do the things we do. There's reasons that we maybe have multiple marriages, multiple relationships. And often it is a history of some sort of trauma that we have not dealt with. Yeah, I sure, I'm sure you're right. I'd like to explore with you, what do you what's your definition of love addiction? And what, what are the signs and symptoms? So people who are watching or listening may not actually at the moment recognize that in themselves, but it would be useful to have, for them to understand what you're talking about. Sure. So love addiction is a process addiction. Some call it a lifestyle addiction and call it a soft addiction. You know, it's not a substance abuse. It's an actually mood altering activity. So some people might be addicted to food. They might be addicted to sex. They might be addicted to debting or gambling or internet or texting. In this case, you're addicted to love. You're addicted to romance. And it actually has the same uh, mood, mood alter, excuse me, mood altering activity that a drug would have. Um, it also has the state of withdrawal. When you work with, for years, I did work with addicts and alcoholics. I was married to an alcoholic. It always talked about chasing that first high. But for a love addict, they're constantly chasing that first love. So they have the, when a breakup occurs, there is those withdrawal symptoms. Um, they're always, you know, they keep seeking that attachment, all those pleasurable feelings that they got out of that relationship. Um, they, and then what happens is codependency sort of overlaps. And you become a people pleaser. You over adapt to what others want. You have no boundaries. You have, you know, a fear of the unknown, a fear of letting go. Um, you're trying to change others to meet the delusion of who you want them to be, rather than expect, you know, accepting for them. Excuse me, accepting them for who they are. Um, you need others to feel whole. You feel empty inside. Often addicts will say, "I just feel so empty." Love addicts feel the same way, and that's why they settle for less. That's why they're more prone to be in toxic relationships. They're more prone to bump up against a narcissist. They fear abandonment. That was my issue. I had very early, early, early abandonment issues. And that is what my story was. But you could have all kinds of trauma. We can get into that later. But you could have been neglected. You could have been abandoned. You could have had parents that were emotionally unavailable, physically unavailable, addicts or alcoholics themselves. And so then you find yourself attracted to what you know. You know and that's really how it all begins. Yeah. You know, lots of people bandy words like toxic relationships around. And people, you know, within any relationship, there are ups and downs, times when the relationship is rocky. But how would you define a toxic relationship rather than a relationship that's just simply going through, um, you know, the natural order of ups and downs and people getting to accommodate to one another? Yeah, there's definitely um, specific things that define a toxic relationship. I do want to throw out the caveat that we could also be talking about narcissists, but I don't. There's so much noise around narcissism now that I don't want to say every toxic relationship you're with is with a narcissist. But you certainly can be with someone that has narcissistic traits. But a toxic relationship is one that is unhealthy. There's a lot of ruminating, a lot of obsessing, a lot of worrying about every detail that you're going to lose them. You notice all the subtle little changes in their text. You're very fearful. You know, what are they going to think? Um, again, that's another codependency trait. You make them the center of your universe. You walk on eggshells. You know, should I say this? Should I ask for that? What will happen if I tell them what happened at work today? Or what will happen if I tell them what happened with my friends? What are they going to think? 
And then you feel guilty about everything because toxic individuals, a lot of times narcissists, blame you for everything. They're right, you're wrong. Their brain has the inability to see, oh, you have a point of view. So they blame you for everything. And then you, the love addict or codependent, feel constantly um, guilty for everything. There's a lot of fighting that goes on, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of drama, a lot of manipulating behaviors, controlling behaviors. Um, they dominate your actions. Um, a lot of yelling, insulting, discarding, devaluing you, you know, making you feel very small. I mean, all of this is physical. This is all verbal abuse. And then it can get into physical abuse. A lot of disrespect, a lot of betrayal, a lot of dishonesty. And then most importantly, a lack of self-care in yourself. You start, you are so much on pins and needles that you lose everything about you. You talked about that so beautifully in the beginning of your show today. We, we start with ourselves. And so if you're neglecting your care about how you look or how your physical health, your mental health, you most surely are probably in a toxic relationship. Thank you. I think that makes it very clear because sometimes it's really tricky when you're in it, I think, certainly from the people I've worked with, that it, they're so mired in the day-to-day the -day managing of the situation that they don't see the wood for the trees and they stop recognizing that actually what's going on is unacceptable because right. they're so convinced that it is their fault. You know, in abusive relationships, the one thing that is always a pet peeve of mine is that when someone will say, well, why didn't you just leave? But if you're with someone who's abusive or toxic, um, there's many aspects of that that keep you stuck. And uh, that's why I'm giving away the free ebook, which I think is in your banner. And they can figure out, am I in a toxic relationship? You can take the quiz, get the free ebook. Yeah. But um, there, it's very, it's very subtle and it's very insidious. And there's a lot of what we know as cognitive dissonance where their actions don't match their, yeah. what they say. And so you're always off kilter yeah. and that off kilterness is what forms a trauma bond. And there you are, you're stuck in this abusive cycle. So anyone that you know, you know, be supportive, have compassion. How can you support their, their recovery? Do not blame or shame someone that's in a toxic relationship. And don't ask them, please, why haven't they left? Because there are reasons. They have become addicted to the drop, the, the peptides that go on in the, in the relationship based on the ups and downs. I hope that makes sense. Whatever. I think it does. I think there are two very old sayings that I think are really pertinent here. And I know from the people I've worked with, that they, when they're talking about, uh, and not because I've asked them, but because they they have um, volunteered it, you know, when I look back, I didn't leave because I felt that if I did, I could be, you know, better the devil you know than the devil that you don't. Or I was fearful of, you know, going from the, the frying pan into the fire. And I think for many, they, their self-worth and their confidence is at such a low ebb. You know, how will I manage if I'm not in this situation because I've been, I've been conditioned to think that I can't manage exactly. by myself. That's what that toxic person has done, is try yeah. to make you feel so little about yourself. Although you might have already started the relationship with low self-esteem. Of course. Been, I mean, you could have been someone that grew up without getting what you needed and so you already had a low sense yeah. of but you also can be a very compassionate, loving, empathic person that just got with the wrong person and now suddenly you have no self-esteem. Yes. So there's many different ways, different reasons we find ourselves in these situations. And it's, you know, again, it's all about no shame and no blame and no judgment.
Great. I think that's so important. And I, I think that's not only true of people looking in and being involved, but the people themselves who are looking at themselves. You know, this is not about making stories up about how good, bad or indifferent this is. It just is. Yeah. And it's what you're going to do with it rather than adding to the load by, um, by you know, I should have done this or I shouldn't have done that. Okay. I'm fascinated by an expression that you use, uh, which is called love bombing. Now, yeah. Yeah. what is love bombing? So love bombing is those over-the-top gestures that someone might make when they first meet you and start dating. Okay. I had a guy last year say to me on the first date, I'm going to marry you. And that's just way, way over the top. And I think we have to be really careful when that sort of stuff happens. And it can come in other different ways, too. It can be lavish gifts. It can be, you know, buying you plane tickets to go to Europe. It can be flowers, uh, over-the-top flowers. They compliment you continuously. Oh, I love everything about you. I've never met anyone as perfect as you. You're the only person I want to spend time with. They just bombard you with phone calls and texts. It's just so over the top. There's nothing slow and steady about it. It's just so extreme. You have to remember, Gina, that if you're a love addict or codependent, your worth is based on that outside stuff. So you're going to be more prone to like suck that. They're going to suck you in with that stuff because you love it. It's like, oh, Look what he's saying to me. I'm the love of his life. You know, he's yeah. saying things like we're born to be together. It's fate that we met. You understand me more than anyone. We are soulmates. And so if you're that love addict or codependent, you're going to want to hear that juicy stuff. It's going to make you feel so, so good. And then before you know it, you're in a relationship. So these, these are manipulated tactics that a toxic or narcissist person does to reel you in and get you into the relationship. Um, but one thing you'll know for sure is if you try to set a boundary with someone who's a love bomber and they don't like it and they won't have it and they don't want to hear no, you know you're with someone who's toxic. They, okay. they just don't. That is like a telltale sign you've got a problem here. That's really helpful. I know that in your book, Love Smack, you talk about the difference between being in love and an unhealthy obsession. And I wonder if you'd share that with us. So, you know, okay, so basically an obsession is that... Um, is really the same as what we're talking about love addicts. So signs that you're obsessed would be you first meet someone and you fall in love instantly and you think about them constantly, fantasize about the future, you overwhelm your partner with attention and you feel it's your responsibility to fix that partner. You make them, you just put them on such a pedestal um, and you're not really being able to think yourself with your partner because you're changing yourself to suit them. You're turning yourself into a pretzel just to be with that person. You're very hypervigilant and you overact to the slightest sign that he's no longer interested. And you feel empty and you, and you feel a loss of, of um, unworthiness. You feel unworthy. Everything is based on this relationship. But a loving relationship, a healthy relationship, is slow and steady and nurturing and safe and secure. I cannot, I cannot emphasize that enough. When you feel safe and secure, you know you can count on this person. They're not going to lie to you. They're not manipulative. You have really good communication. These are all the signs of a healthy relationship. But the most important thing that I think your audience needs to know based on the fact that we're talking about love addiction and codependency is we're always moving towards secure attachment. Always moving, moving. And so people with love addiction all often have an anxious attachment style. And then they pick, you know, avoidance. So you always want to try to pick a secure person and you want to become secure yourself. 
I think that's incredibly important. And, you know, you look around and I find it so sad how many people are in unhappy relationships and we move from one unhappy relationship to another and repeat the pattern over and over again. Is that something that you've noticed that, you know, that there is a tendency to, um, unless people really deal with that inner uh, issue of them for themselves, that they will repeat the pattern over and over again? A lot of people don't get the right help. You know, they, they find a therapist or a coach. I mean, there's great coaches, great therapists, but we really need someone who specializes in trauma, someone who does trauma therapy. Because until you deal with that early trauma, you are going to repeat the patterns over and over again. Because if you're a love addict, you don't want to be alone. You fear abandonment. You um, you'll settle for anybody, and you're, you're going to be uh, you're going to be easily marked by someone who's toxic. Yeah. And if you can't be alone with yourself, then you're going to pick anybody. You know, it, it'll yeah. be a different name, a different face, and the same person. So the, the most important thing is, you know, find someone like myself or someone who really understands trauma. Therapy. You can't you can't just sort of um, coach this way. And again, coaches are fabulous and they're great and they move you forward in many areas. But if you're someone with really deep, deep trauma wounds, inner child wounds, you need to work with a trauma therapy. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I'd like to know what you think about the media and how the media portray obsessive relationships. Well, I probably will date myself, although I suppose it's a classic, but you think just the movie Fatal Attraction with Glenn Close and Michael Douglas, that certainly was an example of obsessive love. Then there was another one with Beyonce called Obsess. So those are definitely um, movies that sort of show what that fatal, obsessive kind of uh, relationship looks like. But I think of my own grandchildren. Um, I just took my granddaughter, who's almost six, to a Disney, a Disney play musical, and it's all about princesses. And here we are, she's got Pocahontas, and she's got Ariel. And when I grew up, you know, maybe when you grew up, you know, was, you know, Cinderella and Snow White. Well, now there's like a host of princesses out there, and they're all saying the same thing. They're all buying into this fairy tale that someone is going to uh, rescue you. And, you know, yeah. we love about your title here, leadership, or, you know, is that we're going to find our own agency, our own leadership. We can't expect somebody else to lead us into our greatness. It has to come from ourselves. But unfortunately, the media still is telling tales of fantasy princes and princesses and all that. It puts enormous pressure, doesn't it, on people that it's got to be like the fantasy. I can remember working with one client who said, you know, I'm very tempted to sue Disney um, because the the happy ever after, um, you know, proved to be um, quite elusive. And I think you're right that, that, you know, children love to... To emulate the princesses, yeah, but, but it's, it's not real life. You're right. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that she wants to see. She wants to see Disney. That's really funny. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so I think it goes in many directions. Like if you're not coupled up, somehow you're less than. Or if yeah. you're already in your late thirties and you haven't had a baby, you're less than. Like there's still all of these cultural. Um, Things that, or, or if you're a working mom, you're less than. You know, listen, I was a single mother, and and again, it's going a little bit off topic, but you know, I was less than. I was less than by the mommies, stay-at-home mommies. I was a working mommy because I had to be. I was raising my daughter on my own, but those mommies that stayed home somehow, I was less than. So yeah. I I want people really to 
have compassion. You know, we don't know what, what another person is walking through. We don't know where they've been. I remember when I first became a single mother, I had a friend said to me, oh, my God, if that happened to me, I don't know what I would do. And I'm like, what are you, you going to do? You're going to, like, you know, deal with it. You're going to, like, deal with it, which is what I did. So, you know, try not to buy into all of these um, these stories that are out there, you know? Yeah. I think that's that's such a powerful piece of advice. Um, that we all get caught up in our own stories and in the stories of other people rather than, uh, for me, I, compassion is such an important part of the work that I, I do with, with individuals and with leaders being compassionate to oneself and to other people. And I think that you can, that will take you a long way. What I'd like to talk about now is some practical um, suggestions in terms of how do we overcome our addiction to a toxic relationship if you ha- indeed you have one? Well, I mean, first of all, I just want to say that being on this radio show, just listening to us talk about it, it's just a really great start. I mean, here you are listening to two people talk about you know, their own stories and learning about what it is to be in a toxic relationship. So really, just, just being here is just a fantastic start. But, you know, having that awareness, you know, making, making friends with that side of you that, that got into these relationships, having that, that rhythm and compassion, and looking at every relationship that you get into as an opportunity to heal and grow and become more self-aware, not to shame yourself. Um, and start focusing from the outside in, like we talked about in the beginning of the show. You know, every relationship is manifested into our lives as a mirror to actually mirror the relationship we have with ourselves. So, so if we're t- attracting toxic individuals, toxic relationships, or we continue to nurture those addictions to those types of people, then we have to first and foremost look at that toxic relationship we have with ourselves. So really look at the roots, look at your underlying trauma, look at that shadow side. Um, accept and welcome the process. You know, it's a constant work in progress of uncovering and recovering, resolving those childhood traumas, um, building connections with your healthy self, the highest version of yourself, your spiritual self, your emotional self. I mean, I know this all sounds like stuff people hear all the time, but it really is true. You really have to start with yourself. So reconditioning ourselves and becoming addicted to our healthy selves instead of our toxic selves. And really realizing that we are all beautiful, valuable, resourceful, colorful, vibrant, and strong women and men. We all have what it takes. We just have to unearth it. And if we're having trouble and we're stuck, find a great person to work with that works in strong or find a really great support group with other like-minded people, which I also have a program um, I can talk about later if you want, where we support each other. We lift each other up. We know where each other have been. You know, when I was a single mother, I joined a single parent group. When I was married to an alcoholic and needed support, I joined Al-Anon. If you're in a toxic relationship, if you're a love addict, find other people that get you and join a support group. That's really helpful advice. We're coming towards the end of of our time together. And so in the last few minutes that we have, um, how can talk to, to us about some of your programs and how people can get hold of you. Thank you, Tina. Thank you for giving me this um, platform to do that. Well, the first thing is in the banner, get your free ebook, Narcissistic Partners of Excessive Love, and take the quiz to see if you are a love addict or with a narcissist. 
If you want to get into a support group, you can go to sherrygaber.com. Uh, excuse me, wakeuprecovery.com forward slash IG1. The name of my program is called Wake Up Recovery because you're literally waking up to your new self. So it's wakeuprecovery.com forward slash IG1. And the one is that you will get into this program for a dollar sign and then it's a $27 fee every month thereafter. So your listeners are getting a special deal. And then if you're looking for a great trauma therapist, I'm at sherrygaba.com. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Now, as you know, um, if you're listening to the show on a regular basis, um, Genuinely You makes a donation to B1G1, buy one, give one, uh, for every one of our guests. And um, each month I choose three projects and I invite my guests to, uh, to choose which project. And Sherry has chosen education. And so we're going to provide 150 days of education for children um, uh, in uh, a poverty-stricken area of Africa because education is the way out of poverty. So thank you very much for choosing that project and thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been a really useful and inspiring interview. Thanks thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Don't go away. After the break, we've just got the last part of the show. See you in a minute. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-u.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hi there. I'd like to spend the last few moments of this, um, this episode talking different ways that you can develop a much greater, more loving relationship with yourself. 
as I said and Sherry confirmed, that ultimately the relationship that you have with you makes the difference in terms of the relationships you have with other people, both personally and professionally. Now, I have a program to help you step into your power as an individual, to be aware of your strengths and to develop spiritually as well as personally. It's called Thriving Not Surviving and you'll find it on my website, both Gina, um, uh, genuinely-new.com, but also in ginagardnerassociates.co.uk. Or you can just email me at info at genuinely-new.com. It's a, a program which is all online. It's videos and workbooks and intentional journals. And it works its way through helping you recognize what beliefs are holding you back and how you can change those beliefs. It takes you step by step. Um, and you have email support uh, along the whole way too. And you can do it at your own speed. So it's called Thriving, uh, Not Surviving, and you'll find it at ginagardenassociates.co.uk or at Genuinely You. It's based on the principles of the book, but it's actually a whole structured program, okay? And the program is every month different videos drop into your uh, inbox, uh, that there is a journal for you to uh, complete, um, and intentional journaling is a really powerful way of helping you yourself become the very best version of you. Now, I also have some other books that you might like to be um, aware of. You'll remember um, earlier before Christmas that I um, shared with you your life in their hands. Where does the responsibility lie? And this is all about taking responsibility for your physical health. And if you remember on that show, we had Jane McClelland who was talking about how to starve your cancer. But this shares the story of my really great friend, Vicky, um, and my own personal story uh, in terms of health and really sets the scene in terms of, do you just hand over your respons the responsibility for your health to your doctor? Because if you do, then the likelihood is that you are going to miss out. It's your body, it's your health. And it's important that you take responsibility and create a, a, a partnership with the medics um, in, who are helping you. So there's that book, which I would really recommend, uh, particularly if you're facing ill health, but ideally before you face any of that. Filling up our batteries, being aware of you know, what it takes to make us feel whole is really important. And in our busy lives, particularly when there's so much negativity in the media and the news, um, it is important that we do take time to fill up our batteries. In this book, I share uh, how I do that. That's my garden in that picture. And within the book, you can get to see um, some other illustrations of my garden. There's my very naughty cat um, called Leo, who's asleep on my bed at the moment. Uh, but it, it shares with you how I choose to fill up my batteries. And it's an intentional journal designed to help you do the same. Um, and I would urge you that you start doing intentional journaling. It's a great way of helping yourself. So um, you'll find those books on Amazon. Now, if you're a leader um, of a group of people, I would really urge you to have a look at this book. 
It's time to become a beacon of life and hope because there's so much aggression and division um, around the world. And if you are a leader, it is so important that you set an example and you create um, the opportunity for people to feel that there is hope moving forward. And again, it's an intentional journal, but it's based on how you as a leader can show up in a way that in facilitates hope, not blind optimism, but a real sense that there is a future for us all within your business, within your family. Um, and the Intentional Journal shares each day um, an excerpt of a quote or a quote from um, a leader from history uh, uh, in a whole range of different ways um, who have used their words to engender hope in others. Um, so just one example picked at random. You're not here merely to make a living. You're here in order to enable the world to live more amply, with greater vision, with a finer spirit of hope and achievement. You are here to enrich the world, and you impoverish yourself if you forget the errand. And that's a quote from Woodrow Wilson. So, what's your long-term vision for your life, and how are you engendering hope? Whatever's going on, please be the leader of your own life. Share the programme and know that we will then donate to um, the people in Ukraine who are having such a terrible time. Take care, look after yourself in the best possible way. Be the leader of your life and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcast.